Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. You know, you forget how important mothers are, and sometimes you're reminded at unusual times. I think one that sticks out in my mind was a number of years ago, there was a gal, she was right around 86, 85, 86 years old. And she'd come to the church service, it was about her second time there. And she'd come forward at the end on the invitation, she'd come forward and, and she said, I need to be saved. Now, when you're 86, it's kind of, you know, you don't see a lot of folks in their 80s uh, come to Christ their Savior. But she says, I need to be saved. I said, you haven't been saved yet. She goes, no, I, I know I need to and I haven't. And, and so one of her gals took her aside, led her to Christ. And as she was leaving at the door and saying, saying goodbye, she shakes my hand. And she starts crying. And I'm like, you know, Elizabeth, are you all right? Is everything all right? She goes, if my mom could see me right now, she would be so happy with me. 86 years old. And here's thinking about her mom's influence in her life because her mom was saved and her mom had prayed for her, she says, so many, many years. And here at 86, uh, comes to new life in Christ and is excited. And what? Gives mom the credit and the recognition for her influence. So yay, mom, huh? Hey, mom. That's awesome. I tell you, and I was like, wow, I mean, you're, you're like a great, great grandmother, and, and yet uh, moms have that influence. And by the way, you can always tell on Mother's Day, because it's, it's very full, and of course now the kids are, are gone, but someone said, do we need to set up more chairs? I said, no, we're good so far. But uh, I don't know what it is about Mother's Day in church, everyone seems to flock out. Now, Father's Day, we go fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Someone asked me one time, why do you think they go fishing on Father's Day? So, well, obviously, hunting season's over. <laughs> it's not that difficult to figure out. <laughs> but we're glad you're here. Trust God will bless you and moms that we honor you for all that you've done. Without you, we wouldn't be here, right? Absolutely. You know, science has this crazy idea that maybe... Maybe they should create a way that a guy could have the child. I know all the women say amen, right? But, I mean, I, I felt like I was having one one time, but we won't go there. But here's the, here's the honest truth. Even if somehow a guy could have a child, there's no way a guy could ever be a mom like a mom. Right? There's no way. God has gifted mothers to be that mom. And you know that God even honors himself by saying, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, so also does the father seek to gather you under his wings. So he likens himself to a mom who protects the chicks. And I'll tell you what, no one will protect the child more than a mom will protect the child, right? You never get between the the mama bear and the cubs, right? The father bear, who knows what he's doing, but watch out for that mama bear. And by the way, guys, I did ask somebody one time why they thought at Father's Day they, you know, they're off fishing. And I got the honest answer, which is nice. 
They say, you know why? Because on Mother's Day, we always say how wonderful mom is. And then Father's Day, we come out and we get beat up by the sermon. So, whoa. I said, wow. Now, this is other churches. And, other. <laughs> and so I had learned many years ago to say, you know what? We're not going to do that here. We honor the mothers and we'll honor you also, dads, in June, all right? So you can go fishing on Saturday and come out on Sunday. Amen. You know, ladies were saying, amen, and a woman. All right. The BW chapter, Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to read it, and then we're going to break it down. Father, as we come before you, we ask that you will just crown this day with your blessing. Crown our moms. Some of our moms are here with us. Uh, some are states away. Some are eternity away. But Father, we just thank you for the influence that moms have, whether they're our biological moms or maybe our adopted moms that raised us and took care of us. Lord, what a great blessing that you have created a woman and you've created moms and you created them with nurture and the ability to be there, to, to kiss our boo-boos when we hurt, to give us that, that advice and guidance when we need it. And Father, sometimes even that look that just goes right through us, and we know he messed up. So moms are wonderful. We bless them. We ask your blessing on them now. Bless your word. Fill me by your spirit. Preach through me, Lord. Preach to me. And Lord, help us to realize that though uh, we are focusing on moms this day, the word of God applies to all of us. So help us to apply it to our hearts and lives. And we will be sure to bless you. And we thank you in Jesus' holy, awesome name. And we all said, amen. 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 Well, let's work through this chapter. We'll just read it, and then we'll come back through it. Follow with me, starting verse 1. The sayings of King, or King Lemuel in Oracle, his mother taught him. So this is something given to him. O my son, O son of my womb, O son of my vows, do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on uh, those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, not for kings to drink wine, nor for the rulers to crave beer. Doesn't that seem strange to be in an NIV? Beer? The word is strong drink or mixed drink, you know, the, but uh, whether it's actually cerveza or not, we don't know. But they put it in there. All right. Let them drink and forget, or lest they drink. Not let them. Lest. The mom will correct us on that one. Lest they drink and forget uh, what the law decrees and derive all uh, the oppressed, deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Give beer or strong drink to those who are perishing, wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up. And judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Verse 10. God bless you. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. God bless you. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. 
She gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portion for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of the earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, uh, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes them linen and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is in her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward that she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gates. My message this morning is mom's advice from A to Z. Now, when you look at this chapter in Proverbs, you realize the book of Proverbs is known as the book of wisdom. Now, the book of wisdom was actually designed to train the young men to uh, be princes and then eventually kings. And so this book, you'll see many times, it'll say, my son, or my son, lend your ear unto instruction. So many times uh, you're going to see it's actually a father or the king teaching the princes. However, when I thought of that in relationship to this chapter, I thought, you know, what book of wisdom would be complete without a message from mom? Right? If you're going to have a book of wisdom, mom's got to have a message in there somewhere. And that's what chapter 31 is about. As a matter of fact, in verse 1, we saw the, the king is, uh, was named King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother had taught him. Lemuel means belonging to God. Now, it's interesting because it's believed that Lemuel was actually another name for Samuel. They believe that Bathsheba called, referred to him as Lemuel, or belonging to God. And it's interesting because Solomon never used his name whenever he was writing. When he wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, he refers to himself as the preacher. So he never refers to himself in the first person. And so it may very well be that Lemuel was Bathsheba's son through David. So this may indeed be Solomon. Now it's interesting with this text, especially verses 10 through 31, that this is actually an acrostic. Now, you know what acrostics are. An acrostic is, is a poem with the first letter of that poem generally means a phrase or a word. And, you know, I think it was uh, Lewis Carroll wrote the book Through the Looking Glass. You know, we know it as Alice in Wonderland. Well, at the end of that book, he will have a poem. 
And in that poem, each letter actually spells Allison Pleasance Lindell, and believed to be the name of the girl that the fictitious character Alice was written after. So that is a typical acrostic, where you would take the letters and it has a word or a phrase. But what's interesting when it comes to Hebrew acrostics is that it's not designed to make a phrase. It's not designed uh, to be a word. It's actually the Hebrew alphabet. They would take the 22 letters from alphabet all the way on to, to Tav, and they would take those 22 letters, and they would say, you know, like we would say, A is for apple. And they would say, A or Aleph is for, and they would, they would uh, give that poem. They would write the poem out with those 22 letters. You know Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is a breakdown of the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet with eight verses for each letter. It's kind of like we would say A is for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, or B, believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So they would use this, uh, it's actually called an abecedarian, and abecedarian is using the letters of the alphabet in order to memorize something. It's a, it's a learning technique. And you know, as I look at this, I realize it must have worked. It must have worked because now, uh, as a king, he's writing this, and uh, he is using this abecedarian, this uh, acrostic, Hebrew acrostic, he's using it to remind himself what his mother had taught him. And so as we look at this, we say, wow, so this is really a mom's advice. I heard some t- a person one time say, you know, you know, the Bible is written by all these guys and all these men, you know, and, and, and where do they get off writing this Proverbs 31? And I go, well, really? And I went back and looked at it, I go, wait a minute. This doesn't, didn't come from a man. This came from a woman. Amen, men? So we can't get pegged on that one. No, this was mom's advice. As a matter of fact, as we work down through the or text, what was mom's advice to the king? What did she tell the king that she wanted him to remember and to learn? Now, we're going to come to the acrostic in verse 10. But before she, we, she gets there, she first covers in the first nine verses. I kind of condense it to simply this. He's gonna, she's going to tell Solomon, Lemuel, simply behave yourself. Behave yourself. Be a good boy. As a matter of fact, I, I love verse 2. My son, or oh my son, oh the son of my womb, oh the son of my vows. You know, I get that far and it's, okay, it's almost like, okay mom, okay, okay. Enough with the drama, right? Mom, you got to get so dramatic, you know. I mean, that's, this is her oracle. Oh, my son. Oh, the son of my vows. Oh, the son of my womb. And she's like, okay, move on. What's your advice? Well, you can break it down in the beginning very quickly. She says, behave yourself. Watch out for women and wine. Do not spend your strength on women. You're bigger on those who ruin kings. Is not the king, O Lemuel, is not for kings, not for kings to drink wine or rulers to crave strong drink. So her first advice was watch out for women. Now it's interesting. Mom says watch out for women, not singular, but plural. He uses the plural form. Why did his mom start with this behavior thing? Why do you think mom says to this young guy, Watch out for the ladies out there. My 
recollection would be. Because mom knows when it comes to women, young men and older men get stupid. (laughs) Right? It's like, I don't know what happens in here. Even even Bambi had that problem, remember? He was Twitter-pated. Like, what happened? So she starts right there. Now, we often forget that as she writes to this now king, we often forget that she was also a queen herself. It's the queen writing to her son, teaching her son as a prince how to behave himself as a king. And so mom here teaches that it is to be careful, beware of inappropriate relationships with women. And she speaks of it in the sense that you could cause irreprehensible damage to your character. Mom says to this prince at the time, he learned it young and now he's, he's recapitulating it now that he's a king. But she said, you need to be very careful. Women can have a very influential role in your life, King Lemuel my little one belonging to God. They can have a role in your life that is for good or for bad. Now it's interesting, if Lemuel is indeed Solomon, as many believe, do you think that his mom, Bathsheba, knew what she was talking about? (laughs) After all, she was not always a queen. The king, who went stupid one day, you know, did some things and kind of messed up and it kind of ruined his character for years to come, didn't it? And his kingdom. And it caused damage in his life and amongst his kids. But yet, when mom gives this advice to her son, Lemuel, and she says, watch out for this. Let me ask you, did Solomon take her advice? (laughs) After all, what does mom know? Oh, mom, son of my womb, son of my vows. You're too dramatic, mom. And then he goes out and marries 700 wives and 300 concubines. That's why he wrote Ecclesiastes, right? Vanity, vanities, all I see are vanities, right? (laughs) Some of you will get it later. (laughs) But she gives this advice right out. says, behave yourself. Yes, you're a king. And yes, kings are known for their harems. but, But watch out. It can become the ruin of kings, she says. And by the way, did it become a ruination to Solomon? Sure did. They were influential for good or for bad. And in this case, uh, many, and and by the way, in their their culture, when someone became a king, the nations around would often give their daughters to the king, that way protecting them. Hey, we're we're in-laws over here. You can't come attack Egypt. You know, we're family. That's what they would do. So many daughters were sent to form this uh, alliance between nations. However, as... These wives came, if you will, they brought with them their idolatry, their pagan worship, and many of them sent them up into high places, and when Solomon would go through and and cleanse and have a spiritual cleansing and a spiritual awakening, he would clean out every area except the high places. Why? Because the wife said, don't you touch my high places. So he didn't mess them. And as a result, 
Well, let's just say mom was right. Isn't that hard to say sometimes? Matter of fact, you don't have to say, the amazing part about moms, you don't have to tell them they're right. They know. <laughs> and they just give you that look. They don't even have to say, I told you so. They just give you that look. What, what is it about the tipped head when they do that too, you know? <laughs> Behave yourself with women. Behave yourself with wine. Be careful about the alcohol, she says. Why? Because, in verse 5, lest they drink and forget what the law decrees and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. So, mom writes to this would-be soon king when he was young, lays out uh, her advice to him, and mom knew the dangers of excess in the area of alcohol. Watch out for this. Now, especially when you're talking to, to young men here like with Solomon, watch out. You know, this can get you in a lot of trouble. Yes, you're the king. Yes, no one's going to tell you what to do. Except mom. Isn't that the funny part? No one in the kingdom can say anything but mom. <laughs> it's always rough when the queen is still around, right? <laughs> but the thing is, what she is saying is, you are king. And you know what? No one's going to tell you what to do. And you're old enough now, and you're in a position now, and you're a ruler now, that you can do anything you want. But the New Testament way of saying this is use not your liberty for occasion of the flesh. Don't abuse the power and liberty that you have. No one's going to tell you not to. No one's going to tell you you can't. But he says be careful. Because what happens is in your ignorance or your abuse, you're not ignorant because you do know. Ignorance is not knowing. But in this excess... He says, you will forget the law. You'll forget the law and you'll begin to mistreat people. So in other words, here was something that was a law decreed by whom? The king. The king lays out the law, right? So here's the law decreed. Then King Lemuel, if you go out and you get south, next thing you know, you come over here and you're breaking the very laws that you wrote, right? And how do you think everyone else watching is thinking, nice. These are your laws. And yet, what you are saying is they apply to everyone else, but they don't apply to me. Boy, I tell you, there, there's a message right there. Isn't it? When you lay down rules and regulations that apply to everybody else, but somehow you think you're above those rules and regulations that you created? Well, that's a whole other story in itself. Let me ask you a question. Did Solomon take mom's advice? Man, right again. As a matter of fact, he wrote Ecclesiastes chapter 2, and in verse 3, this is what he wrote. I tried cheering myself with wine and embraced folly or foolishness. Since mom didn't know what she was talking about, I was like, oh, sorry, mom, I'm the king. And so I went out, and I, I said, you know what? I'm really down today. I'm going to cheer myself up. And, and so he went out in excess, and he began to cheer himself up. But he said, in all of that, what I ended up doing was I embraced foolishness. I'm the king, and I look like a fool. 
Not that wine would ever do that to anybody, right? <laughs> she says, beware of excess. Yes, you have the liberty. Yes, you have the power to do anything. But in that power, in that liberty, you can also use it for an occasion of flesh and thereby ruin yourself. The Apostle Paul said, all things are lawful to me. All things. Even a glass of wine. All things are lawful to me. But he said, but not all things are expedient. All things are lawful, but I will not be brought under the power of any. You see, what she's talking about, bottom line, is self-control. He says, learn how to have self-control. Learn how to control yourself, Lemuel, because if you get out of control, you're going to start breaking your own laws, and that's going to come back to haunt you, and they're going to think, oh, you're above your own laws, so therefore the laws are for the little people and not for the king. You know, it kind of resembles a government I know, that exempts themselves from their own laws in other parts of the world, known as D.C., Mom's advice. It's so funny how she gave it. So funny how he learned it. And so funny how he ignored it. And then came full circle around. And, and you know what? It comes full circle around. He says, you know what? Mom was right. She was right. Be careful of the, the wine. Be careful of the women. Be careful of destroying your character. Because... People are watching. People know. And then she says something very simple in verse 8. Son, be kind. Give beer to those or strong drink to those who are perishing. Wine to those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. But she says this, verse 8. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And for the rights of those who are destitute, speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. What is she saying? She's saying, be kind. Yes, you're the king. But just because you're the king doesn't mean you can't be kind. Just because you're in charge doesn't mean that that you can't uh, show mercy to people. Just because you can lay down a law doesn't mean it has to be off with everyone's head. Be fair. Be just in who you are. You see, when you're the king or the boss or the dad or a person in position of authority, sometimes that can go to your head. We've never seen it happen, especially in ruling bodies. But it can go to your head. And you could put yourself up by putting everyone else down. Monarchies, patriarchs, all these. Whenever you see kings ruling and queens ruling at times, sometimes they build their own egos up by putting others down. And he says, don't be so high and mighty that you can't reach out your hand uh, to the, the destitute and the poor and be kind to them. Yes, rule in justice. Do what needs to get done, but at the same time, use mercy as your balance. And the thing is, that if you are heavy on the, the laws and, and heavy on the justice part, and you're weak on the kindness, 
You will only breed rebels. They will grow up in your kingdom, in your household, in your employment to be rebels. If all it is is do this and do what I say, and sometimes do what I say, not as I do, it only breeds rebels. Use kindness. Use love and be that balanced. Don't let it go to your head. And you know, when I, I read this, I said, boy, you know, only mom can say that, right? Only mom can come out and say, don't abuse your power and don't exploit people. Only mom has a way of telling the king how not to behave and how to be careful. And moms are great at somehow just bringing us back down to earth, lest we get too big for our own britches, as they would say. Do they still say that anymore? Some do? Most kids don't even know what britches are anymore, but maybe around here they do, amen? Yeah, we still know bridges. Moms have a way of bringing us back. You know, I'll never forget, I, I, I wasn't saved that long. I'd been out of high school for, I don't know, maybe four or five years before I went to college. And, and uh, I, I'll tell you, you know, I was class clown, class troublemaker, most fun-loving in high school. Those three awards, it's all you need. And you two can make uh, hand puppets on the wall. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. So when I get out of high school, and years later I went out of college, I said, all right, God's called me here, so I'm going to apply myself. And, and it was interesting, a few years into college, I ended up somehow being in a book that's called The Who's Who in American Colleges and Universities. I never even knew what one was. And so, yeah. And so I'm like, wow, what, what? that's quite an honor, and and, uh, of course, the real reason, I just want you to buy the book, you know, which I didn't. Mom did, but I didn't. <laughs> and, and I just told her, wow, you know, I was selected for this. And, and she's like, are you going to get the book? I said, no, I'm not going to spend 25 bucks on a book. That's what it was then. And she goes, well, I'm going to order it. No, what are you going to order it for, Mom? I mean, even now, it sits in the furnace room of my house. It's like, it's hidden, buried away. But she says, Oh, Timmy, I'm so proud of you. And then she, you know, she boosts you up. How moms do that. But then she adds this caveat. And she goes, but Tim, I just want you to remember one thing. I said, what's that? You don't have to be in who's who to know what's what. What was she saying? Don't let this go to your head. Just because someone's not in who's who doesn't mean they don't know what's what. Right? Mom had a way of saying things like, and, and that stuck with me. You don't have to be in who's who to know what's what. Mom has a way, Tim, keep your feet on the ground. Right? Keep your feet on the ground and your head won't be up in the, in the sky. Moms have a way of humbling us and saying, you know, King Lemuel, be careful, be kind. Watch what you do. And, and moms have this credible, incredible influence on your children. And moms, you don't realize it. But right from little youngsters right on to adulthood, your influence is huge. Huge. Your advice is huge. And it could be for good or bad sometimes, right? So make sure it's godly advice. Make sure it's good advice. And, and what better advice can you have than, son, son of my womb, son of my vows, behave yourself, right? Behave yourself and be kind. And then he says, she says this. (laughs) 
behave and be wise. You guys are going to bust out in some, you know, this dance move, and I'll be up here. <laughs> behave and be wise. This is where she takes the alphabet and lays out wisdom. Wisdom in the area of choosing a spouse, whom to marry. Wisdom in selecting the queen of the kingdom. Who is going to be the queen here? Who is going to, to help rule this kingdom? Because her influence is going to have a great and lasting effects on people. And it's interesting, you know, remember verses, these next 22 verses are the Hebrew alphabet. That technique to help train their children. And by the way, did you notice he got it? He remembered it. He's a king now. He's not the prince anymore. And so this technique of A is for this and B is for that, uh, this technique, he learned it and it got in his head. And this, again, was not written by a man. This was mom's technique. She gave the advice and she goes, now I want you to learn your alphabet. And here's one way I want you to learn it. By the way, there's many of these uh, abecedarians throughout the scriptures. Many times they do it this way, but here's one of them. And she goes down to teach these qualities of what she defines as a woman of noble character or a woman of a virtuous woman. And by the way, ladies, could you imagine if this was your mother-in-law that wrote this? Can you imagine that this was your mother? You're the one that, that gave the oracles of the 31st Psalm? Oh, what am I going to do? And you know it's worse yet? When you find out your husband memorized it. <laughs> oh yeah, B is for breakfast. <laughs> C is for whatever. He memorized it. And then he puts it in written form. And he lays it out for all to see. The point is, every mom whether it's a son or a daughter that they have, every mom wants their child to be in a happy home. Every mom wants her child to have a good spouse. Spiritual moms want their children to have godly spouses, whether it's a, their daughter they're talking to or their son they're talking to. So when it comes to moms wanting their children's spouse and defining them, they, they always have these character qualities that guess what? You would expect it to be the highest standard. You wouldn't expect anything less from mom, would you? You wouldn't expect mom to say, ah, don't worry about it, just whatever you find, that's good. No, mom said, no, 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 be very wise. Be careful. And she goes down through, and she begins in verse 10. They say, a woman of noble character, or a virtuous woman, who can find? She didn't say they're not out there, but she says they're difficult to find. Her worth is far more than rubies. He, she begins by saying, I want you to know who it is that I want you to be looking for. I want you to be looking for someone who has a noble character. Why? Because reputation is what's on the outside. It's what people see and think about you. That's your reputation. But character is who you are on the inside. It's who you are when no one's looking. It's who you are when you get extra uh, change from the cashier and you know it, but they didn't know it. And you stop and say, well, you gave me one dollar too many. That's character. That's the difference uh, between character and reputation. Reputation is what everyone else thinks about you. you they, they might think, oh, man, you're the greatest kid in the high school class, senior class. Oh, man, you're, you're going to go far and do great things and all this. You know, it's not about reputation. It's about character. It's about the inside. 
is their noble character, Mom says. Look for the character. Look beyond the outside and look to the inside. And then she begins to say, here's some of the character qualities to look for. These are internal things. These are not things out for show. Matter of fact, we'll try to condense them down to a word or two. Verse 11, her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. Boil it down to the word trusted. She's trusted. Be a trustworthy person. Not just moms, but this applies both ways, doesn't it, right? This is a mom's advice to their child, no matter who they are. Trusted. Verse 12, she brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She's good. She is just a good person. 13, she seeks wool and flax and works with eager hands. That tells you she's ambitious. She's ambitious. She's out there doing stuff. I mean, she's getting... Now, have you ever stopped to think about this for a minute? She's describing the queen. This is the queen to be. But this is her character. You know, the queens, they can sit around eating bonbons, right? They can sit around and say, I'm the queen, just wait on me hand and foot. But when you read this, say, wait a minute. This, this is a character of the queen we're talking about here. This is an internal thing that the, those in her subjects will notice, that she's an ambitious woman. Verse 14, she's like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. Like, how do you condense that? says she's a wise shopper. Brings her food from afar. She's careful. She, she knows how to shop. She knows what, what's going to be needed. She's not wasteful in this area. Verse 15. She gets up while it is still dark. That was the old days. They went to bed early too. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. But she's the queen. Why would she be doing that? Because her character, and it's not to say simply that she's doing the job. It's that she has a kind of character that, you know what, I'm here for them. I'm here. Can I help them? And, and you know, all of us have had bosses that we've worked for. And you know what? The best boss to work for is the boss that rolls his sleeves up or her sleeves up and gets in it with you. Right? They're the ones who said, you know, I know if I needed, they would come in and do it. They don't come in and do all the the work all the time. But I know they're there for me. They're going to work for me. And they're going to come right up alongside and say, how can I help you? And that's the idea behind this woman. She's one who says, you know what? I'm up early. I, I can take care of the family. Servant, something, something's up. You're not able to serve today. I could take care of it. One word, she's domestic. She knows how to get around the house. She knows how to take care of things. She knows how to take care of her household. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it out of the earnings she plants a vineyard. She's an investor. A wise investor. Matter of fact, uh, she worked... Saved up the money. By the way, do you ever notice no one can save like women can save? Most of the time. Isn't that right, guys? If they're a wise shopper, then they're saving. I'll tell you, some save to the point of craziness. I say that in all due respect. My daughter, she could save a coupon. She could go to CVS somehow and walk out with them giving her money. Well, this is triple value coupon day. You know? 
How did you get that for free? Are you, you going to get arrested for this? Because no, you can do it. It's, it takes a lot of effort and work, but you can do it. He's a wise investor. Sometimes women are much better at handling the money than the men. Or at least they know where it went. The gals, you know, it's a funny part about guys. Guys may not spend as much or as often, but they sure make up for it when they do. Right? Why? What do you mean you got another pair of shoes? What do you mean you're going elk hunting for $5,000? Right? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Okay, we get it. Enough said. Verse 17. She gets up, or she sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. Simply put, she's a hard worker. She is not a lazy person. She's a hard worker. This one of noble character. It's not that it's all about character, but her character is shown through her efforts. Verse 18, she sees that her trading is profitable. There's her investments again. And her lamp does not go out at night. She works late. She works late. Again, not a sluggard. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. In other words, she's very capable. She's able to do it. She's the queen, but okay, she needs to spin some yarn. She needs to make some. She could do it. I mean, this gal, I mean, she could do about anything. Because she put her, applied herself to learn it and to do it. Verse 20. She opens her arms, and it's interesting, not just her hands, but her arms to the poor. And extends her hand to the needy. So she's generous. She's a kind person. That's the type of character this woman is. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. Simply put, she's a prepper. <laughs> nice. Right? She's prepared. It is snowing. No problem. Everything's ready. Re we're all ready for the snow to come. So she was prepared. She wasn't taken by surprise. Her husband is respected in the city gates where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. So in other words... Did I skip a verse? What's that? I'm sorry, verse 22. You know, I, there's a front coming in. Anyone feel this front coming in? Yeah, my head's just whacked today. But it's okay. Usually it's much more whacked. But she makes her, I know, I can't see. The words are all going, whoa. Um, what was it? She makes coverings for her bed and her clothes, clothed in fine linen and purple. So she's cultured. She has class. So one thing I appreciate about my wife, she's got class. You know, we were, we celebrated our birthdays together. We went to Chicago the other day. And uh, she likes to go to the art galleries. I don't mind going as long as they have nice seats. You know? <laughs> Is there some place? The worst type have no benches. It's like, are you kidding me? But anyways. And so, you know, she can look at American Gothic and say, oh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And I look at it and say, hey, let's get our picture with it. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know you saw it on Instagram. Yeah. And I said, man, if I only knew it, I would have brought a fork with me. A little plastic fork. I was going to go. But, okay. She likes culture. She's good. She's got class. Me, 
I know. Sometimes I stand there and I go, I don't get it. <laughs> and I see all these people standing there and I go, I want to say, really? I mean, come on. You, they don't get it either. I know it. <laughs> they don't get it. They just are pretending they get it and making you think they get it. And they don't get it. I know they don't. There's no way someone can get some of that. I like art. I, you know, don't give me. I have learned to appreciate it, and I've grown grown uh, fonder to seeing them. them. Personally, I go, oh, I take the picture of these people in this park, and, and my question was, what's with the monkey? This lady's got a little monkey on a leash in this picture of the park. I don't even know what the picture is, but she'll she'll go, oh, c'est soi. Okay. Yes, I was in an art gallery for hours, so it's good. It's coming out. It's good to get this out. <laughs> She's cultured. Let's wrap this up. Okay, now her husband's respected when he sits with the elders. So in other words, notice it was her character that made her husband look good. Right? He's respected when he sits with the elders because of the type of character that she has. And... I know they say behind every successful man is a surprise mother-in-law. But, <laughs> but behind every successful man, you'll often find a very successful woman as well. And so here he had respect because of her. Verse 24, she makes linen garments, sells them, and supplies the merchants with sash- sashes. So again, she's a businesswoman. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with business women. Some of, the, some of the greatest businesses are run by women. Matter of fact, there's a, a gal running for president that was the CEO of uh, Hewlett-Packard. Is that what it was? You got it. Uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant woman. Ran, ran uh, Hewlett-Packard, HP. Verse 25. Uh, she's clothed in strength and dignity. I like this. She can laugh at the days to come. She can laugh. So she's a woman who's strong. She's happy. She's dignified. And you know what? She's got a sense of humor. See, they look at the craziness of the world. The craziness, God bless you, of things that come. Craziness of others. And she can laugh. You say, you know what? People are crazy, aren't they? And so she can use that to, trade, to calm her spirit and just laugh at it. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instructions. Uh, Faithful instruction is on her tongue. So she's a wise counselor. You know, that's what I appreciate about moms. God bless you. You all right, Brenda? No, no one look at her. Just, I just want to reach you out. But she's wise. A wise counselor. You know, moms give the best counsel. Not that the kids are going to take it. Solomon didn't. But they give the best counsel. You know, the, the dads, they come to counsel for us. We're like, ah, get over it. Ah, you'll be fine. Oh, you think it's bad now? Wait till later. That's usually our kind of counsel. But moms give wise counsel. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. She's just not lazy. Her children rise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. In other words, they learn, well, I would just say she's loved. She's loved by her kids. She's loved by her husband. And the family's not afraid to express that love to her. Whether the kids rise up, we may not. It's not about rising up and saying, 
Blessed mom, you are so blessed. Did you make pancakes this morning? Nice. You're more blessed, right? It's not, it's just saying, mom, I love you. It's a husband that says, I love you and I appreciate what you do. Praises her. Now notice verse 29 as we start to wrap it up. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Your top shelf. Because while the others simply will do noble things, you are a no, have a noble character. It's one thing to do something noble. It's another thing to have a character that's noble. So she, the, the text says, so many do noble things, but you surpass them all because you are noble in your character. And why is that? Because verse 30, charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. She's godly. She's a godly woman. As a matter of fact, the end of the text, she taught her son, give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So what's mom telling his son? Son, you need to love her, you need to honor her, and you need to respect her. There is no room for disrespect to your wife, in this case, the king's wife, no room for disrespect for your moms. But this is a mom telling his son, honor your wife, love your wife, and respect your wife. Show that respect. I tell you, nothing is more disrespectful to a husband than a husband who disrespects his wife. You know? Because when, you, when a husband could disrespect his wife like that, that takes any respect that he might have right away from him. But a husband who learns to respect his wife. And by the way, I believe that men should be the leaders of the family. And a wise husband leads the family, or a strong husband leads the family. But a wise husband listens to his wife. And I'll tell you what, 90, maybe 90, yeah, we'll stay at 90. 90% of the time, she's right. Isn't that the crazy part about it? Praise God for the 10%, right? Because at least once you're saying, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. And that's why we men gloat over it. When we do get it right, we're like, yes, I got it right. High five me, honey. And she's like, yeah. Listen to mom, listen to a mom's advice. And by the way, you know, what he's saying here when, he's, when she says, you know, that, that beauty is fleeting, he says, our outward appearance fades over time. I don't know if you noticed that. The outward appearance fades over time. But inward character shines over time. The character, the inward character of a person gets brighter and brighter and wiser and wiser over time. And though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed every day. So mom's advice is be careful. Don't just look on the outside. Don't let the looks sway you. Look for the character. Look for the work ethic. Look for the wisdom. Outward appearance, she says, will fade. Now when I look at this, I say, moms, thanks for good advice. And moms, give that advice and give the advice up front. Give the advice up front, let them get it, and then back away and let them do it. I'm sure once he became king, mom didn't step in and say, what is B for? <laughs> and what is C? But you know what? He knew it. He got it. 
He was taught by mom. He applied it to his brain. He didn't always do it, but he had it. So what I'm saying is, moms, give your advice now when the kids are young. Give your advice when they're older, if you are asked. Amen? Usually ask mom. I know, mom's like, what? You never dismiss class. They're always in class. But be gentle as you give that advice. When I look here, I say, wow, a mom's advice from A to Z. It's really pretty good advice. Behave yourself, kids. <laughs> and be wise in who you choose as a spouse. Look at people on the inside. Don't just look at people on the outside. And whatever you do, remember mom's advice. Just like that 86-year-old gal, Elizabeth. She remembered all those years. Her mother had been long gone. If her mother had been alive, she'd have been in her hundreds, you know, 115 or so, because she had her late in life, she said. And I was like, wow, long gone. But that advice sunk in her head that one day when I gave an invitation, she said, you know what, I got to take care of this. And off she came. Unlike the uh, couple in her 80s that came forward, the two came forward and they were an older couple. They come up. And I asked, I said, can I help you? And Gene says, Eugene, he says, I'm not saved. Oh, you're not saved. No, nope, either is she. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Busted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah either is she. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to love these folks in their 80s. They're just right. It's like Seward mushroom hunting. He saw mushrooms the other day, way down his bank, and grabs a tree branch and slides down the embankment to get to the mushrooms. And then he gets the mushrooms, and he found out he couldn't get back up. <laughs> so he goes, I can't get up out of this ravine. So I went down further, and I came to, I don't want to tell you where the ravine is, somewhere in another state. 47 mushrooms in one place. Is that right, Seward? Shh, don't tell anybody. She's like, he, no, it was somebody he knew. Somebody he knew. But I'm like, what is it with you guys? You know, they come in nice and frail, and then they're climbing down ravines going after mushrooms. God bless you, Jackie. God bless you, Jackie. Someday, we all hope to be old. Amen? Blessed the Lord returns. We all hope to be there. Let's leave a legacy behind for the next generation. That you know what? That we too give good advice. Because we know mom's going to give good advice. And she's going to keep giving that good advice. But remember what mom said. Put it into practice and say, Lord, help me to be wise so that when it's time for me to leave and leave behind that generation, may I leave a legacy, something for them to remember. So much so that King Lemuel put it in a book that thousands of years later we're still reading about mom's advice to a king. Father, we love you. We bless you. Move among us. Speak to us, Lord. Draw us to yourself. Father, maybe there's something that, that spoke to someone here today or over the internet that they just want to stop and say, Lord, as a mom, I'm asking you to give me wisdom. Help me to have wise counsel with my children. Help me to teach them. Help me to know what to say and what not to say. When to say it and when not to say it. Help me to teach them when they're young so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. Father, speak to all of us who are kids. 
May the wisdom of mom ring in her ears and not just bounce around in her head, but may it hit her heart to change our character, to help us to apply the wisdom that we were taught and learn rather from the school of hard knocks to learn simply from what mom had taught us. We love you and bless you. And we ask your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Maybe God's speaking to your heart. Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I haven't been saved yet. And neither is she. <laughs> you come. Our praise team or ministry team is going to pray for you. You come. Let us pray for you. You need healing. Moms, you need that, that healing touch. We believe in a God that heals here. But we need to lift that need up to Christ. So you come. Let us pray for your healing. Let us pray whatever that need is. Salvation, baptism, haven't been saved, let me know. You come. People are preparing themselves for their gifts. Come.